702. Call Late Night Talk on 011-883-0702. And for our Cape Talk listeners, if you want to give us a shout, 021-446-0567. Otherwise, please do text me on this line, 31567. It's just gone 2041. And I do have Mr. Mduduzi Lutuli on the line, investment manager at Lutuli, uh, Lutuli Capital, uh, co-founder and executive director, rather. Thank you so much for holding on the line and welcome to Night Talk. Thanks for your time. Hi, Rafia. How are you? I'm very, very well. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. It's a pleasure to be on. It is my honor. Now, we're talking something, I guess, for some people, really boring and banal, but such so important and pivotal. And uh, when you do it right, you will be so proud of yourself. We're discussing four mm. important tips for saving for your child's education, essentially um, the mistakes to avoid when saving for your child's education. Can you give us the, how should we start thinking about putting our kids through school um, and, and the money involved, first of all? Yeah, look, today I just want to I want to focus rather on the on the common mistakes that I've seen over my career yeah. that parents do when they're planning for their children's education. Something I've been dealing with recently with a, with a client of mine, uh, the same pattern. So we've done a bit of research to say how can I help them, and I feel I'd share it today with the list with the listeners because look, everyone messes up um, at some point when it comes uh, to money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you stupid. It mm-hmm. just makes you normal, you know. And one of those unwise things is not planning adequately or worse, over-inviting yourself to pay for your child or children's education. Mm. And this is an increasingly dangerous pitfall for middle-class families for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Because what we're seeing is that parents obviously want to do everything they can to give their kids the best opportunities in life. And some may feel that they haven't done a good job as a parent if they can't give their child the best schooling experience that money can buy. And what you find at the same time is that education inflation is one of of the highest forms of inflation in our country, consistently growing at above 10% each year. And costs have climbed faster than most families' uh, incomes. Mm. So when you bring all those factors together and stir it into one pot, you get a very explosive and emotional situation. Mm. And I want to say to parents, it's imperative that parents are honest with themselves about what they can afford and that they protect themselves and their children from uh, over themselves and buying too much and try avoid these three major errors. So mistake number one, which is the most common, is just waiting too long, you know? Plan for school. I listen to people plan for school like you would plan for a vacation. So that doesn't mean that you should endorse a school just because it's based, uh, because its proximity is close to a beach. That's not what I'm saying. But you should figure out what you can afford well before you choose a destination just like you would when you're planning a family trip. Mm. And once you've gotten an idea of what you can afford, you must communicate that to your children. Do not wait until the year before your child is about to go to high school or is about to go to tertiary in most cases to tell them that they are not going to the institution of their choice. Mm. Instead, you should tell your kids during their primary school or early high school years how much uh, you plan to contribute towards the education expenses, ex- education costs, and just be very honest with them. You know, it may feel awkward to talk about your financial constraints as a parent, but just be uh, honest 
and you can say to them, look, this is what I feel comfortable doing. And as a result, this is the kind of school that we think is going to be most appropriate for you. I think and, I quite like that. In, in many ways, you're yeah. kind of also um, inoculating your child against uh, making those future mistakes because your child starts to get a sort of a front row view of this is how life works. This is how things are going to have to work if I'm going to go to university. And if I do want to go to this other more expensive or further away university, I might have to start looking at things like bursaries and scholarships. And, oh, maybe it's time in Senate 8 or Senate 7, listen to me showing my age, <laughs> you know, to start to, to start pulling my socks up academically, right? And start performing in order to get those scholarships. 100, 100%. You know, children are not stupid and you need to get them involved as you rightly said, if your child wants to go to a more expensive school, uh, then you can work together to research the options for scholarships and other strategies that can make it more affordable. But you shouldn't simply allow your child to assume that you'll borrow uh, and, and take on excessive private loans for them to attend a more expensive school or university. Mm. And you absolutely shouldn't feel you need to borrow or dip into your retirement savings to bridge the gap between what you can afford mm-hmm. and the price of where your child wants to attend. So and why, and why shouldn't happy. you do that in yeah. Duduzi? Because, I mean, I guess many people's arguments would be, this is my child's future. Um, I'm giving yeah. them an opportunity to fly and reach higher heights that I never thought I could uh, attain for myself. Yeah. So that's also one of, one of the mistakes. And essentially, it's jeopardizing your own financial future. You shouldn't do that. And when you are tempted to overextend yourself to send your child to a pricey private dream school, keep in mind that you're not doing them any favors by putting the family on rocky financial footing. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't do that. Too many parents count on playing catch up with the retirement contributions or savings. uh, And they say that I'll get to this after I pay off my child's education. Some even plan to delay their retirement by several years only to find themselves with no plan B, they haven't saved enough, or they're retrenched way yeah. before they planned for, and now they're, they're up the creek without a paddle. Yeah. And by, by doing this, not only are you not able to provide for yourself in your old age, but you're also simultaneously crippling your child financially because you then become a financial burden on them. Mm. And this additional financial burden then ensures your child isn't able to properly fund their retirement, nor the cost of their children's education. Now, this would be your grandkids. Mm. And this creates a horrible and predictable circle of living paycheck to paycheck and increasing the probability of this endless cycle of debt that you find from one generation to the next. Mm. Um, And that's that's the future you're creating for your your descendants. When you take from your uh, from your retirement to fund or overextend yourself for your child's mm. education. And look, I know I'm a parent myself, and I know you want to do uh, you want to do what's right for your kids. But remember that if you mess up your own retirement, if you mess up your own financial situation, the burden is going to fall on them. It's going to fall in, into your children. Mm, and I'm adamant that you really shouldn't borrow more simply to attend an expensive school with a, rec- with a recognizable uh, uh, name or badge or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead, you've, you've really got to weigh the costs and benefits of a school with your family's financial situation and your child's career goals because yeah. 
um, you know, you're sending your child to this private school, but ultimately your child's future salary is mostly dependent on what they study at a tertiary level Absolutely. and what career field that they yeah. that they ultimately go go, go into. Yeah. And I know there's people out there saying, do you, you know, have you been to to one of our public institutions, you know, be it ESCOM or one of the hospitals <laughs> or our schooling yeah. system. I know, I know the state. I'm not, you know, I, I live here. I'm yeah. not just talking well, yeah. out of, you know, Mduduzi, yeah. I think I think we could we can unpack that just a little bit more. I think there are other things to mm. consider as well. As a parent, when you're taking a child to a school, for instance, right, mm. um, you can take them to the big name bad schools. Um, and the things to consider, like the school's culture, um, uh, mm. the school's culture, the tradition, the history, who the principal is, right? Because I've been yeah. to great schools and the schools that I all, we travel, we moved a lot as a family. And the schools that I always yeah. enjoyed were those schools where the teacher, stro- the principal's set a very strong example and was a strong presence and guiding light in the institution, irrespective of how much my parents were paying, whether it was a private school or a public school. You know, so there are those comparisons or those things to think about when you're taking a child to school versus just um, do people just know this big name? It's the most expensive school in Johannesburg and that's where my child's got to be. And sometimes you do take your child to those schools and I've been to some of those schools and I left them because I hated them. You know, um, yeah. because yeah. of all sorts of social and structural reasons, but also just like, eh, you know, you, 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 there's also these these various things that come along with different sort of, um, uh, you know, different classes as people are wealthy and showing off their wealth versus the, what the, whatever kind of values you would rather have your child um, um, uh, being inculcated with. So those are things to consider as well. And what about things like extra lessons, for instance, for schools that are great and strong on some aspects and not so strong on some aspects? Those are things you can easily absorb. No, for sure, and you know it's something that uh, I myself has, ex- has experienced. Like you said, I'm, I'm a father to to two girls, mm. and as soon as we were ready to send them to to, to preschool, uh, we found this well-known, beautiful school in, in Waterfall. Mm. It was costing us an arm and a leg and blood and a kidney, and we <laughs> thought, you know what, um, we're it's doing the right it. thing. <laughs> we must take the pain. Um, only to find, just by chance, speaking to to a friend. We found another school, which is almost half the price, but the level of education is is on is on another level, mm. and it's, it's one of the things where I have to say you can't just yes, it's easy. Look, you want to you want to use the proxy that this is a well-known school. I know the history, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so let me just pay the price. But a higher price doesn't automatically mean that mm. your child is getting a better education. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, we always talk about the fourth industrial revolution and what does that mean, the internet of things. It'd be so quick just to always revert back to how did our parents do things, mm. how have things always been done. We never consider things like homeschooling or, or you know, there's, just, there's, there's so many ways to, to approach the, the, yeah. the situation. And one of the most important things uh, as well, which is one of the mistakes that, parents don't do is that they don't get their child involved in the cost of that education. You know, when, when it comes to paying for education sco- costs, you touched on it, scholarships are really hard to beat in terms of, uh, in terms of value. The money doesn't have to be repaid mm-hmm. and the opportunities are plentiful. You know, they're being offered by the state, by private companies and a, and a variety of philanthropic organizations out there. And while the idea of getting so while the idea of getting money from, from scholarships is often appealing, 
the actual process of applying usually isn't. Anyone who's tried to go through this process will know that it's actually very difficult to get that scholarship. It takes a lot of hard work to apply for scholarships, so you need to encourage your children, incentivize your children if they aren't inherently motivated to Mm, get it done. Um, And I want to share two strategies that come from uh, two different ends of the spectrum. Uh, And this is something that parents can uh, try to do at home to motivate their child if they want them to to start applying for scholarships and getting involved in in that education cost. So the one is trying to get your your child to to be accountable to someone else besides yourself. Mm -hmm. So give them an an accountability buddy. There's been many studies done uh, globally, especially in the States, that show that this works. So sometimes peer pressure can work in your favor. So try to partner with another parent who has the same ambition uh, and let your children be accountability buddies. And and an accountability buddy is someone who almost functions as like a, as a party in crime, but obviously here yeah, the goal is positive instead Absolutely. of being risky. And if another person in your child's class is also on the scholarship uh, hunt, have them keep each other on target. They can have regular check-ins to monitor their progress and they can help each other find exciting uh, opportunities. It also gives them someone to bounce off ideas, like I said, someone who's in a similar position, mm-hmm. which can be a great way to motivate your child and the other student to discuss their thoughts and form a stronger strategy when they're applying for scholarships. And ultimately, being accountable to someone other than a parent can be a great motivator. Okay. Most children don't want to let their friends down. So if they make a promise to someone in their social circle, they may be more likely to actually keep that promise. Yeah, let that peer uh, pressure do something positive for once. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, let it work in our favor. Mm. The other way is just to appeal to to their to their greed, to that greed that every single human being has deep down. So mm-hmm. give them a financial incentive. I've seen this work. Give them a financial incentive to apply for scholarships. You can offer them a cash reward equal to the rand value of the scholarship that they receive. Oh, so wow. in this scenario, <laughs> you know, in, in this scenario you you only provided the money if they get a scholarship reward which may motivate them to increase the, the quality of the application that they're submitting. The only risk, because, you know, you said the only risk <laughs> of this approach is that it can, it can add up fast. And if your child really strives to land a big scholarship, you could be on the hook for thousands of them. So be aware of that and make sure that if you motivate your child to apply for a scholarship this way, that you have suitable uh, options for providing the incentives because okay. while you could always back out of the deal, <coughs> sorry, there would no be worries. a big breach of of of, of trust mm-hmm. and could do long term damage to your relationship. What actually works very well in this strategy is that instead of doing a full rad for rad matching, rather say to your child, look, I'll consider a, par- a partial match. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, so for every rad raise, I'll match thirty percent. Because in most cases, what I find is that parents have tried to actually save for their child's education. When it comes to the point where it's like, okay, how much do we have? You find that it's not actually enough to to, to, to meet the child's education costs. But that being said, it is still quite a bit. They've saved quite a few thousands, if not tens of thousands. Mm -hmm. And then what you can say to a child, listen, if you get the scholarship, the money that I've saved that I was going to use for education this can now be yours. Mm. And you can now tell me to say, listen, how do you want me to spend this money? It was going to be for education, but you have a scholarship, so 
So what do you want? Should, yeah. should, should I buy you a car? You know, should, should we get you an apartment? Uh, speak with them, engage with them, get them involved. And that's what I always say to parents, get your children involved in money decisions. Your children are yeah. not stupid. and Or fragile. They won't break. Or <laughs> fragile, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Ndudusi, please stay on the line. I do want to carry on with you after news. We do have to go to a break and thereafter take the news. But I want to carry, I want to uh, unpack with you further just another blind, um, blind um, oh, there we go. What's it? Blind? Blind spot. Thank you. English. It's nine o'clock. It's late. (laughs) Another blind spot for parents is uh, failing to take into account inflation and the growth, which we're saying the, the, the rate at which education costs are actually growing. Stay with us, please. And of course, uh, our Cape Talk listeners are ever so welcome. If you would like to send a text message and engage, the number to text to is 31567, that's Cape Talk, or 31702. Um, Otherwise, just send those WhatsApps to 072-702-1702. I've still got on the line Mduduzi Lutulu. He's Lutuli. He is the co-founder and executive director at Lutuli Capital. And tonight we are discussing um, three mistakes, three pitfalls that parents make when they're saving for that children's education. Mduduzi, thank you so much for uh, joining me after the top of the hour. Um, you know, I was I wanted to unpack with you just another problem that parents don't always take into account, which is the rate at which education costs grow. Um, and just, yeah. you know, everyday inflation, you pointed to the fact that in South Africa, specifically education generally in, um, grows at a rate of about 10%. The cost of it grows at a rate of about 10%. Um, and what of university education then? What, sh- what should parents avoid in this instance? Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the, the escalating cost of our education is a direct correlation uh, to the deterioration of, of the public school. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you, you're finding that the good schools are costing more and more because there's a hard demand with each going year. And mm-hmm. this is where, if you have a good advisor, they do what's called goal-based investing with you. And this is what you should try to do with, with any investment is – People just going to investing and saying, oh, what is the return that you're going to give me? Whereas focusing, trying to find out what does this investment have to do in order to ensure that I meet my goal? Uh Because over the long term, your biggest risk, if you're investing for six, seven years plus, Mm -hmm. your biggest risk is inflation. You know, if you're investing for one to three years, your biggest risk is volatility uh, risk. And all that means is, (coughs) sorry, is... um, if you're investing for the short term, you don't want your money in equities or, or, or the markets because you don't want when you need that money back in one to three years, it's actually worth less yeah, than, than what you put in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But over the long term, it's the, it's, the, it's the other side of the coin, is that over the long term, your investment has to be able to keep up with inflation and ensure that the value of your capital, the value of the, 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 the range you're putting in there, the 100 rand is worth more in 10 years' time or at least equivalent um, as the same as it is today because we all know because of inflation, 100 rand today doesn't buy the same thing next year. Absolutely. So the most important thing is sitting with an advisor, putting down a goal and clearly understanding, and it goes back to planning, you need to know what type of education you want to provide for your child so that the investment speaks to that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. If you want to send your child to, to New York, the cost of that is not the same as sending your child to to VITS, um, uh, as an example. And the demands of that investment are going to be very different. 
also what uh, what parents neglect or what a lot of investors neglect is when they're looking at an investment vehicle is the underlying tax structure because different investments are taxed differently and you can find that yeah, your let's investment talk about strategy that. Yeah. you know you can find that your investment strategy is actually working but because you're in the wrong type of investment the tax that you're paying on there is 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 depreciating the return mm-hmm. year on year on year, mm-hmm. and then you turn around and saying, you know, yes, if these investments are <laughs> uh, rubbish, they're scammed, they don't work. Yeah. But you find that you have poor advice because investments are not just about returns. Returns are just one aspect of it. Yeah. You got to look at the, the tax component, and most importantly, I always say to clients, there's very few things that you can control when it comes to investing. But one of the things that you can control is is cost. So you so you have to interrogate the the fees, the fees that you're paying, mm-hmm. and it's something we touched on I think last week or the week before. Yeah. Is that part of the investment process? Is that your investment manager has to explain to you <coughs> what is the impact uh, of the fees that you're paying on 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 the compounded growth mm-hmm. over time? And 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 to put that in plain English, is to say, look. What is this fee that I'm paying? What is it going to cost me over 10 to, to, to 18 years, yep. you know, 10 to 15 years? Yep. Because you could be saving that long. Yeah. And it might not sound like a lot if someone is saying, oh, it's an extra percent share, it's an extra percent share. But an extra percent of what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That compounded over 10, 15 years can take a huge chunk mm. uh, of your investment returns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and look, we also, like I always say, we also to blame uh, in, in the finance world because we like to sound smart and, and hide behind our jargon. But yeah, you guys kill is, us with the jargon and the, <laughs> the tables and the spreadsheets. My goodness. <laughs> exactly, because yeah. we feel that's the only way to, to prove how smart we are and, and impress our clients. Mm. But what we're doing at the same time is that we we're alienating people and we make people uh, scared of the investments and, yeah, and never engage and never questions. ask the, ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I, I meet a lot of clients who, by the time they come to me, they, they, they're just so despondent or they're so put off by the financial planning world and the investment world because they were sold products or they, they went into structures that are not meant for them, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and now they, you know, they take that with them on their journey and they just say like financial planning, investments, it's all a big scam. You guys are just lying to us to make mm-hmm. a mission off of us, mm-hmm. which, which, is, which is not the case, you know. Yeah. Duduzi, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate that. I hope, um, we, I mean, every time you we have a conversation about finances and saving and investments, um, I always learn a little something more. So hopefully our listeners have gleaned some useful, very useful information and not just necessarily for education as well, but like you said, interrogating cost structures, just asking those important questions and not being scared of not knowing. Yeah. Definitely. Look, I always say it's, it's always your money. Yeah. Uh, I might be managing it, but it's, it's your money and you have every right to ask whoever's managing your money to explain, explain, even if that's explained it a hundred times mm. until you are comfortable that you know what you invested in and you're comfortable that it's the right thing for you. Fantastic, Mtuduzi. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Have a good one. Hopefully we can resolve that cough soon, huh? <laughs> yes. Take it easy this weekend. Thank <laughs> Thanks for joining me. That was Mtuduzi Lutuli, co-founder and executive director at Lutuli Capital, talking about um, pitfalls to avoid when saving for your children's education.